I want to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. Uh, we know that uh, life is busy, and uh, we have became convinced that there's no better place to start our week than coming together with a group of people who love God, who are called according to His purpose, and to lift up His name. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us and, and being our guest. Uh, if um, immediately after service there is a a, um, a room right down here off the cafe. I, I encourage you, if you came straight upstairs, uh, just after church, take a, a, a few steps downstairs and, and come check out our cafe, and uh, we would love uh, to get to meet you and, and to get to know you a little better. But I want to welcome you, and, and today it's, it's so exciting. We have some, some changes. We talked about Wednesday night coming up uh, in, in March, and the one change is going to be to our life groups. The other change is, is that we're going to uh, Start having two services on Sunday morning. We're going to have a 9.30 and 11.15. Uh, and if you weren't able to be here to understand the philosophy and, and why we're headed that direction, uh, there is. if you're on Facebook, it's posted out there. If you've got questions, you just want me to explain it to you uh, or talk to you about it, I would love to do that. Uh, but in this season, uh, we are excited and we're already seeing positive results to uh, the philosophy change that, uh, that we're going to be making in March. So we're excited about that. We're excited about what God's doing in our community. Uh, we've had so much and so many things that God is just continuing. Uh, I said last week we've been here almost a year, and it's hard to believe that we've been in this building for a year, but then to look out and see so many new faces in that year uh, and, and to know that it's just the start. It's just the beginning of what God wants to do in this Pollard community through this church. And, uh, but today we're going to start a, a brand new series, and, and it's on the, the Old Testament book of Haggai. Now, uh, that's found after Zephaniah and before Zechariah. Uh, and if uh, uh, it's hidden there, it's a minor prophet. And, and, uh, but we're going to, to look at that book for the next three weeks. And, uh, but before we get there, I know that, that there are uh, certain stages in life that you wake up and you have this, this unsettled, this sinking feeling that you think and you realize, by this point in my life, I expected more. I mean, I, I thought by the time that I got to this point in my life that there would be something different, that something would be better. You think, I I'm surprised about where I am. Now, this could happen at any stage in life. Uh, it could happen to you maybe while you're in college. And you're, you're going through that mundane cycle of just going to school every day. Or it could be in high school. And, and, and I've heard my niece looked at my uh, sister one day and said, by this time, I know there has to be more in life than just school. There has to be more. And so no matter where you are in life, and, and maybe now you're in college, and, and you thought by now I, I, knew what I, I thought I would know what my major was going to be. And you've changed it two, three, four times. Maybe you've already graduated from college and you have one of those nice pieces of paper. That $50,000 piece of paper that you haven't even put on the wall yet. But now you can't find a job. Or, or you feel like that you're doing something that, that seems so far beneath your capacity. And you're thinking, I, I thought there would be more. Maybe now, now at your age you think, I thought I would be married by now. I thought that, that I would have children by now. 
I thought that I would like my marriage more than I like it now. You had kids thinking that that would fill the void, but, but you're still empty. But whatever it is, or, or wherever you may be, you're thinking there has to be more to life than this. So then some people turn to religion, and they think, hey, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try religion. So you, so you, so you do the religious thing, but it doesn't really seem like that anything changes. And you wake up one morning and think, okay, I've tried it, and, and, and I thought it would be different. I thought it would be better, but, but, but it's just still the same. And quite honestly, this was the mood during the time that Haggai was written. They thought, I really thought that we would be in much better shape than we're in right now. So leading up to the book of Haggai, I, I want to give you the events that led up to this prophet writing this book. During the reign of King Solomon, that's where we'll start. During the fourth year of King Solomon's reign, he started construction on one of the most magnificent architectural things that you've ever seen, the temple of God. And it was more glorious, it was more illustrious than anything you could have ever imagined. People would travel all around from around to see this temple, to offer their worship to God. It was amazing. But then King Solomon died. And the people's heart turned away from God. They became distracted, like so often we can. They started worshiping idols. So God allowed a series of events to take place in order to, to try to pull the people's heart back to him. In 587 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar and his army crushed the southern kingdom of Judah. They destroyed the temple. They burnt the houses. They destroyed the house where God dwelt. And by doing that, they were, stri they were stripping away the spiritual identity of the Jewish people. And they were devastated. And not only did that happen, they were taken into captivity. And after the temple was destroyed, for 50 years, for 50 years, they were in captivity. But after 50 years, after they had, the temple had been destroyed, after they were in captivity... You can imagine the feeling that they were given when the good news came that in 538 B.C. that about 50,000 people were going to be allowed to travel back to Jerusalem. The capital could be rebuilt. So finally, after five decades, they got to go back home. They were able to, to start rebuilding the house of God. They got to, to have their own place again. So you can imagine the excitement. So the Jewish people went back and they, they started to rebuild the temple of God. They built the foundation. They built the altar. Then the Samaritans came and they opposed their work. They didn't like what they were doing. So all of a sudden, they get this feeling and they think, man, this just got difficult. 
This just became hard. And when that happened, they begin to think, well, maybe this just must not be the right time to do this because it's not easy for us to do. So for 14 years, 14 years, they stopped working on the temple. Things got hard, so they quit. For five decades, that's all they thought about. For 50 years, all they could think about was getting back, starting to rebuild and work on the temple. But then it got difficult, and they put the project on hold. And instead of working on God's house, they started building their own houses. And they built nice houses. The Bible says that they were paneled houses, which means they were illustrious They forgot about God's house, and they started working on their own. So God raised up Haggai to call the people back to rebuild the temple for God. So that's where we are. That's the story, the backstory leading up to where we're headed. And in Haggai chapter 1, verse 2, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people... Say that with me. These people. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Now, the reason that that I find the the two words, these people, so really funny and intriguing, because everywhere else, almost everywhere else in the Old Testament, when God talks about his people, he calls them my people. He says, my people. So, so this sort of reminds me, how many have ever, your, your child has done something, and you're wanting to tell your spouse about it, and you say, let me tell you what your child did. Because at that moment, you're not wanting to claim them. Let me tell you what your child did today. And so when I read this, it it makes me think about God saying, these people, they're not my people. These people are saying that the time is, is not now to build my temple. Why did they think it wasn't now? It's because they received opposition. They received opposition, so they thought, we must not be in God's will. This thing just got hard, so, so we must not be following or listening to God. Can I tell you that the closer we get to doing something that is important to the heart of God, the more likely we are going to face opposition. The closer we get to doing something that is important to the heart of God, the more likely we are going to face opposition. You see, facing opposition is not a sign that God is against you. It's often a sign that you're doing what God wants you to do. That's encouraging, isn't it? You see, the moment that you start moving forward... The moment that you determine in your heart, I'm going to make this change. I'm going to start doing what it is that that I feel like 
that I should be doing. The moment that you do that, do not be surprised when the gates of hell rise up in your life. I've talked to, to so many people that they think, and they say, you know, I, or I've watched it happen. I've watched people come to the altar and, and cry, and, and, and we've met, and we've talked, and, and then all of a sudden life gets hard. And you want to throw up your hands. Why? Because it, it got difficult. Well, maybe this is just not for me. You see, the moment that you start being obedient, you're going to find that life gets difficult. You're going to realize that, that this, it's going to be a challenge. But when it gets hard, when it becomes difficult, when it becomes a, a challenge, we've got to change our way of thinking. We've got to change our way of thinking from this must not be God. We've got to decide to choose the difficult right over the easy wrong. Choose the difficult right over the easy wrong. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? How many people like taking the easy way out? Come on, don't lie. Yeah, of course. I mean, we all want six-pack abs, but that's a little difficult. It's a lot easier to roll up to the buffet table, right? But when the enemy comes against you and things get difficult, you have to keep telling yourself, reminding yourself that God, with your help, with your help, I'm choosing the difficult right over the easy wrong. I mean, it would be easy to stop focusing on God. It would be very easy, just like they did in building the temple, to take your focus off of Him, off of what He's called you to do, and to start focusing on yourself. But it would be difficult and right to continue to build the temple. I mean, it would be easy when someone hurts you to hold a grudge, to be angry. It's a lot more difficult to forgive. It's a lot more, it's a lot more difficult to forgive as Christ has forgiven you. I mean, it, could, it would be easy to continue to spend more than you have. That's easy, isn't it? There's not a day that goes by, not one day, that I don't get something in my mailbox wanting me to sign up for this or that credit card. It's so easy. But it would be difficult to start to climb out of debt. It would be harder to, to start making some decisions to create some freedom in your life, to be able to be generous. It would be easy to give up. It's much more difficult to hang on. It's much more difficult to make a difference in the lives of other people. And as followers of Christ, as followers of Christ, we have to choose the difficult right over the easy wrong. 
So this is what the prophet is going to help them and try to help empower the people to do. He's basically looking at them and and saying, you may not think that the time is now, but it's time. You may not think that the time is now, but it's time. Now, for many of you, I want you to think just for a moment. Is there some some unfinished assignment in your life? Is there something in your life? It could have been yesterday. It could have been 14 years ago. But is there something that you believe that God put in your heart? I'm supposed to reach out to this person. I'm supposed to, to share my faith with them. I'm supposed to to serve somewhere in the church. I'm supposed to to start a ministry. I'm supposed to give something away. There was something that God placed in you. A burden. Something that that there's no doubt that, that it came from God. Can I tell you that if you're feeling something in your life and it's for the good, it's to make a difference, that, that probably didn't come from your enemy. And so my prayer through these next three weeks is is that God will speak the very same way that he spoke to you and the very same way that he spoke to the people in the time of Haggai. And I pray that before these three weeks are over that you will look at yourself and look at your heart and say, it's time. In Haggai chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, it says, Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it, a, is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Give careful thought to your ways. As I said before, paneled houses here, that basically means high-end living. They had all the nice things. Now see, God isn't against you. God isn't against nice things. But what he is against is when you put them before him. At this point, the people are putting their own comfort ahead of God's house, which is God's priority. Look at your own life. I look at my life. Are there things? Am I putting my own comfort ahead of his calling? Listen, there are days, there are days that it would be much easier for me to sit in the corner staring at a computer screen doing anything else than pastoring. There are days that, that I look at myself and I say, you know what, I would, I think I could do that for a while. There are days that, that I could choose my own comfort over my calling. But can I tell you what I've found? That even when it gets hard, when I keep walking in that calling, the Holy Spirit's right there with me. And the days that I, that I feel like that I want to give up, He's there holding me, and he's pushing me, and he keeps calling me. 
But so many times in our life we think, and it would just be so much easier if. It would be so much easier if I didn't have to deal with that person in the cubicle beside me. It would be so much easier if, if that boss would just dis- decide to retire and move to Hawaii. It would be so much easier if that worker would just find another job. God, give him a job paying twice what they're making here. Just get him out of my face. God, bless him. And it's hard to look at it and say, you know what? That person that gets on your last nerve and starts to dance, God put him in my life for a reason. Yeah, it'd be easy just to kick them out, get rid of them. It'd be easy for our comfort. It's hard to look at it and say, you know what? As long as God keeps putting him in my face, I'm going to keep being the Christian that I'm supposed to be. I'm going to keep speaking into their lives. And I may go home and pull my hair out, but God's going to give me peace. Are you consumed with yourself instead of being consumed with God? Is there something that you're putting before him? He said, give careful thoughts, careful thought to your ways. Don't put your comfort ahead of God's priorities. Don't put your comfort before God's priorities. God wants us to choose the difficult right over the easy wrong. I'm sure you can look back in your life and you could even identify times in your life that you've taken the easy way out. Some of you are still there right now. Seems like everything always goes back to working out around here, but that's just because it's what I identify the most with because it's the thing that I don't like to do. And I'll never forget. I know we've got a lot of CrossFitters in here. I'll never forget one of my deacons one time. They were all into this, and they said, you need to come just one time. Just one time. I said, okay. He's, on my, he's, he's one of my board members. You know, I got to keep him happy. I'm going to do this. I went, and I'm telling you, if you've heard this story before, I'm telling you, it, it's still the same every time. It's still horrifying to me. I went, and I about had an asthma attack before, during the pre-workout. And he was so kind to take a picture. And it shows up every now and then. But I left, and this was, this was down on Argolite Road. And, and I am not kidding you. My wife is my witness. And when I left, I tried to call her. And I could not get enough breath to even talk. And I came all the way from Argolite Road to 
the bottom of Walmart Hill, right there where Chick-fil-A sits now. And I finally had enough breath to be able to call her to tell her I think the life insurance is paid. (laughs) Because at that point in my life, I didn't think I was going to make it. So guess what I did? I signed up, and I started CrossFitting every day. How many people believe that? No, of course not. (laughs) I took the easy way out. I stopped and got a milkshake on the way home. (laughs) But looking back, sometimes I think, what would it have been like if I would have stuck with it? Would I have lived? Would my wife be living in Hawaii? But there's times in life that it's so simple to just say, God, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to take the easy way out. And God is saying, I didn't design you to take the easy way out. He's saying, choose the difficult right. He's saying, it's time. But here's what happens when we take the easy way out. In verse 6, He says, you have planted much, but harvested a little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but they're not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Does that strike you the way it strikes me? Is that not where we're living today? You're working so hard, but you feel like you could never get ahead. You're pouring your life into into a career, and you feel empty and you feel hollow. You have more at this moment than you have ever had in your life. Everything that you ever thought that you wanted. Everything that you thought would make you happy. And you're more dissatisfied with life right now in this moment than you've ever been before. We see it all the time. We live it. It's the American way. And it's no different than what was happening right here than what's happening in 2020 in our lives. Give careful thought to your ways. Are you putting your house above God's house? There's a reason that he tells us in Matthew chapter 6 to seek first his kingdom. There's a reason that he says, don't put anything before me. But God is so loving. He's so loving. Here's what he does in verse 7. He tells Haggai, he says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountain 
and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. He breaks it down for them into simple steps. Don't you love simple steps? Like the, the, the kind that you get when you're putting something together. You know, they're simple, aren't they? Just one, two, three. But that's what God does here. He says, I'm going to break it into three simple steps for you. Go up into the mountain, bring the timber down, and build my house. You look at that and you think, now wait a minute, God. Going up into the mountain, that's kind of difficult. That's hard. I mean, have you seen that mountain? Do you understand how hard it's going to be to go up into the mountain? God says, number one, go up into the mountain. He said, choose the difficult right. It would be easy to stand here and look at the mountain. It would be easy to to, to stay right here and say, boy, it's a big mountain. It'd be easy to say, hey, you're younger than I am. God said, go up that mountain. Get me some timber. Bring it down here. I'm a good supervisor. He said, that would be easy. But he said, I need you to choose the difficult right over the easy wrong. He said, go up into the mountain. And then he says, bring down the timber. Now, if it wasn't hard enough going up without anything, now you want me to to go up, get timber, and bring it back down? He said, yeah. It's not going to be easy. But it's step number two. And then he said, build my temple. Build my temple. Go up into the mountain. Get the timber. Build my temple. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. So many of us, we say, God, okay, I see what step one, two, and three are, but I'm not doing one until I know where four, five, and six, what they involve. I need details, God. I need to know how this is going to work out. I mean, am I just going to go up to the mountain, and am I going to get the timber, and I'm going to bring it down and start to build the house, but what's the result going to be? I need to see the finished product. And God said, don't worry about steps four, five, and six. Don't worry about steps seven, eight, and nine. He said, just do one, two, and three. You see, there's many times that God's not going to show you step four until you've completed step three. Because that's, talk, that's stepping out in faith. That's saying, God, I, I believe. I believe what you're telling me. I believe. I don't know what it's going to look like when we're finished. I don't know what. It's just like going to these two services. Listen, if you were here Wednesday night, I told you. I love you guys, but the thought of scares me to death of getting up here and doing this twice. And I look for every way out. Okay, God, if we do this, I need to, I need to know what's going to happen a year down the road. And God said, just do step one, two, and three. You let me take care of everything else, but I need to know that you're trusting me. 
And this is what it means to walk by the Spirit. This is what it means to to do as we're commanded to do as followers of Christ. He said, just trust me. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. Don't worry about the end result. But we want to know the details. We, We want God to show us everything. But it's usually not that way. So what should I do? It's simple. Quit talking and start doing. Quit talking and start doing. Quit thinking about it. Quit talking about it. Go up to the mountain today. Something today. Whatever God has, has showed you, do it today. Be faithful today. He didn't look and say, I need you to go up to the mountain, but just do it whenever you feel like it. He said, the time is now. He said, it's time. And you see, what we need to understand and realize that there are blessings on the other side of obedience. There are blessings on the other side of obedience. Do what God is calling you to do. Take that next step. Reach out to someone who has hurt you. You say, well, what if they don't receive it well? Listen, you're not responsible for the outcome. You're responsible for the obedience. That's it. God is responsible for the outcome. When he tells us in Matthew chapter 6, he said, you do what you know to do. You seek me first. And if you do that, what does he say? I'll take care of everything else. You do step one. You do step one. Let me handle everything else. Maybe you're here today and you have a sin that's been plaguing you. Something in your life that that just keeps, it feels like you take one step forward and then you get knocked back two steps. Maybe it's something in your life that that you've been sort of keeping to yourself. The difficult right is to confess that sin, confess that thing, to ask God for help. Maybe you're here in your marriage. You come to church and everything looks great. You've become really good at faking it. You've become really good at fooling everyone. And it's easy to just to continue to live that. It's difficult to say, hey, we need help. We need counseling. Maybe you aren't serving. And you know deep down, I really should be doing this, but man, Sunday's the only day I can sleep in. Or I've got so much going on. God, do you, do you know how much sacrifice it's going to take if, if I start putting your things above my own comfort? Man, that hits home even for me. There's times I look and say, I ain't, I ain't got time for that. 
Ain't nobody got time for that. I said, I didn't call you to be comfortable. I didn't call you to be comfortable. I didn't call you to be comfortable. He said, I've called you to make a difference in the lives of people. When he looked at these people, he said, I didn't call you to completely just disregard my temple. I called you. I brought you back here. Why? So that there could be a place. So that my temple would be rebuilt. Maybe it's joining a life group. We're getting ready to start. We've completely did away with the old. Starting in March is going to be something completely different. It's time. It's time. It's time to put yourself out there. Oh, it'd be so, it's so easy. It's so easy. And society has made it so easy. I mean, we, we can come home. We've got garages. We can pull into our garage, shut the garage door before we ever open the door to get out of the car. It's like we've went into our bat cave. And we'll come out when we have to. Oh, that's easy. It's hard to put yourself out there. It's easy to stay isolated. But it's hard to become part of an Acts chapter 2 church. It's hard to live out one of our core values that say life is better together. You can't do life alone. But whatever it is in your life, whatever it is, is there some unfinished assignment? Don't make God raise up a Haggai in your life to call you back. Don't make God look at you and say, these people. He's saying it's time. You're his child. It's time. Be obedient. Choose the difficult right over the easy wrong. You say, Pastor, what, what can we do? What should I do? I just want us to take a moment and reflect. Reflect on our lives. What is it that you need to do? What is your next step? I'm reminded of the story when they were all out on the water. And when they saw what they thought was a ghost, they were all wondering, what's my next step? And Peter said, God, if that's you, tell me to come out. God spoke into his life and he said, do it. And in that moment, Peter wasn't worrying about steps 
2, 3, and 4. He said, God's called me to it. I'm going to do it. His next step was to, to take his foot and to, to put it over the side of the boat. I think that's crazy. No, that's trusting. What is it you're supposed to do? Who are you supposed to reach out to? Is there something you're supposed to give? Is there something you're supposed to start? Is there something that you're supposed to stop? Is there an apology that you need to give? Is there something that's, that, that's unfinished in your life that you've been thinking, well, well, what's going to happen if I? And I can give you the best answer as a pastor I can give you. I don't know. But what I do know is that God does know. What I do know is if you just trust God, that when you get there, when you go up the mountain, when you gather the timber, and when you bring it back down, God's going to be with you every step of the way. So if you're here today and you say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. There's something in my life that I've been putting off because it seems like it's difficult. There's something in my life that I've been putting off because I don't know the end result. I just ask you to slip up your hand. Thank you. That's me. That's me. That's me. You see, we believe that everybody has a next step. With every head bowed. For some of you here, it's time that you take a step toward Jesus. I mean, you look at, at your life and, and, and you know that there's something that you're putting before him. And in this moment, I, I want you to understand that God has something better for you. There is more to life than where you are right now. There is more to life than where you are right now. He said, I want to be first. He said, give me your best. He's saying, I deserve it. I'm the king of kings. I'm the Lord of lords. I sent my son just to show you how much that I loved you. I sent Jesus who was perfect in every way without sin. And he hung around the worst sinners and he loved them as they were. He died and he rose again so that anyone, it doesn't matter how dirty you feel, it doesn't matter how far away from God you feel, so that anyone, it doesn't matter who you are, that when you call on the name of Jesus, he hears you. He forgives your sin. He makes you completely brand new. If you're here this morning, and you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to take a step toward him. I don't know what it's going to look like. 
but I know I'm tired of life the way that it is. I know that there has to be more. If that's you, slip up your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know there's more. I know there's more. I usually have you stand, but I'm going to you. I'm going to have you remain seated this morning. And here's what we're going to do. If you raised your hand, if you raised your hand, that was step one. That was step one. Just realizing and admitting God, I know there's more. Step two is tell him all about it. We have communication with God our Father. And just like it is when if you're a parent and your child is hurting, they're broken, and they come to you as a dad or a mom and all they want to do is crawl up in your lap and for you to wrap your arms around them and say it's going to be okay I've got you that's what God wants to do to you and he said all you got to do is just crawl up into my lap tell me all about it And let me prove myself to you. So if you raised your hand this morning, we're going to pray. And we're going to believe God. We're going to know that his promises are true. He said, I love you. I see where you are. I'm in control. Just give it to me. So right now, let's all, let's crawl up in our Father's lap. Father, I come before you this morning. God, I'm, I repent of sometimes putting myself, my comfort above you. Father, I pray. God, I pray that you forgive me. God, I know, I know that it's hard. I know it's going to be difficult. But God, I'm trusting you. God, I'm trusting you. God, I never want to be found guilty of just choosing the easy way out. God, I never want to be guilty of putting my own comfort, my own wants, my own desires above what it is that you've called me to do. God, I pray for us as a church. God, that we will always, 
always put you first. God, even when we have to, to, to make some, some difficult decisions, and, and God, when we have to, to step out into faith, God, may we never question you. Because God, you've promised. God, that when we walk through the valley, you'll be with us. That we don't have to fear. God, you promised that when we go through the floods or we go through the fire, that we won't drown or we won't be burned. God, that we will be victorious. God, I pray for every person here today. God's Spirit, speak to us. Whisper to our hearts, it's time. It's time. God, I love you. God, I thank you for speaking into our lives. God, help us to choose the difficult right over the easy wrong. In Jesus' name.